in this world, like Danny was talking about, with our attention fragmented, because we're getting pulled in so many directions. There's studies that say we see like 10,000 ads every day, something crazy like that. It's a superpower to learn how to listen. It's a superpower to learn how to concentrate. And that's what the practice of meditation does. It's Thursday, November 17th, and this is the Breathe and Think Better podcast. We are a live show that takes place on TikTok weekdays at noon Pacific time. We talk about meditation, breathwork, and other actionable techniques we can all utilize to live happier and more fulfilling lives. Be sure to check the show notes of this episode for free resources, including links to our guided breathwork exercises, which are available to you free of charge. Today, we're answering questions from our audience. We talk about starting a meditation practice, how to breathe during exercise, and much more. Let's hop right into today's conversation. Hey, Jake. Hello, Danny. Happy Thursday. Got some nice water there, I see. I forgot my water today, so I might be a little parched on the show, but I'm going to push through. I'm going to do my best. If you have to pause, I will pick up where you left off. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Hello to everybody who's joining us in the room right now. This is Breathe and Think Better Live. This is a live TikTok talk show that we do weekdays at noon Pacific time. We talk about meditation and breath work. And today we are answering questions from our audience. So these are questions that Jake and I have both gotten on either one of our pages, Breathe Blue Door and the One Minute Meditation. And these are also questions that people have asked us on this show. And anyone who's watching the show right now, you guys get to ask us questions live. So if you have questions about breathwork or meditation, put those in the chat and we will address them as they come in. But I think a good place to start and one of the questions that we get a lot pertaining to meditation is how long should I or should I meditate for or how long do I need to meditate for? And I think those are actually two different questions, right? How long you should meditate for and how long you need to meditate for. So according to science, so let's start there. So Dr. Huberman says in his podcast, and we reference this podcast all the time, I'll link to it in the show notes of our podcast, which is called Breathe and Think Better. You can find it anywhere podcasts exist. But he says that there's strong evidence that three minutes is the lowest threshold of where you can actually start to see some changes in the brain and get some benefits, okay? Now, in my personal experience, I've gotten benefits from a minute, sometimes even less, and we call those those mindful moments that we talk about on the show all the time. They worked as a really good reset to kind of return back to baseline and then go about whatever you're doing in your day with a new sense of calm and clarity. Now, how long should you meditate for? I'll answer what I think about this, and then I'm, I'm interested to, to hear what Jake has to say, too. I think you should meditate for at least 10 minutes a day. And the reason I say at least 10 minutes is because when I sit down to meditate, the first few minutes, my mind is going, 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 going. And it takes about five to six minutes before the mind quiets down a little bit. And I'm really able to sink into my meditation and really enjoy or not not enjoy, really absorb for those last few minutes. So I think 10 minutes is how long you should meditate. If you can meditate for longer than that, go for it. I think that's fantastic. But I think 10 minutes is how long you should meditate for. What do you think, Jake? So that's really interesting that 
science says three minutes gives you the initial benefits of meditation because when I was being mentored, well, still am being mentored by uh, Sujantra, who owns uh, a meditation studio here in San Diego called Pil Pilgrimage of the Heart, uh, which we can also link to so people can check it out. He said that it takes two and a half minutes to reach a state of concentration. And he's not using science. Like, He's been teaching meditation for 40 years. And he says it takes two and a half minutes to reach that state of concentration, which is really interesting that science says three minutes because those numbers are obviously very close. For me personally, it's different every time. It's different every time. Sometimes it's instant, instant. And so if you're going to practice meditation for one minute and you can instantly fall into that space of concentration, clarity, and equanimity, which is what we're trying to cultivate with the meditation practice, if you can fall into that space immediately, then boom, like you have a successful practice. You know, it's like Sam Harris talks about all the time with mindful moments or moments of transition where it just takes one breath to fall into that space, which is, you know, one minute, essentially. It's, it's, it's almost like a one moment meditation. I want to actually answer the question a little bit differently, though, because what I think is it's the repetition of the practice that makes it so powerful. So if you're only going to practice for one minute and you have your designated spot where you practice and you bring a taste of concentration where, OK, I'm going to sit in my spot right now. I'm going to concentrate on sitting every time I get distracted. I'm going to bring my concentration back. That will help you gain clarity. And you do it with a sense of equanimity, which is that inner balance, which means that if your mind is racing, if images are flashing in front of your eyes, if you have emotions in your body, whatever it is, you just accept it with equanimity. Then in old yogic texts, they say it takes about three weeks to notice a change. So if you're going to just meditate for one minute a day, I think you can actually see results in three weeks. Yeah, so I now rethinking my answer, I definitely agree with you that it changes day by day. And and that's natural because think about our, our mind state changes day by day, right? Sometimes you wake up and you're just you just know it's going to be a good day. Sometimes you wake up and you're you know, you're not feeling your best. And that affects your meditation practice for sure. And I love how you really highlighted the repetition because I, I think we we can actually do a better job on this show of of highlighting that aspect because that is so important. I think that that three week mark is a good is a good mark for us to to consistently remind people of that if you you know if you want to start a meditation practice and you want to see these benefits of a of a calmer, clearer, and equanimous mind, three weeks is is a good point. Um, so that's perfect. And again, uh, well, actually, I wanted to give a shout out to Tinks for the likes. We really appreciate you and, uh, and appreciate you checking out the show. If anyone in the room has questions about breathwork or meditation, toss them in the chat. That's what we're talking about today on Breathe and Think Better Live, answering questions from the audience. So let's move from meditation into the breathwork space with our next question. And the question is, how should I breathe when I'm weightlifting? 
Okay, so we've talked a little bit about breathwork for optimization on the show before, and I think the advice that we'll give right now can also apply for things like running, jogging, any any type of exercise. So I'll take uh, I'll take a shot at this one first, and then pass it over to Jake. But the number one thing is nasal breathing. You want to be breathing through the nose when you're exercising. And we talked about this with Rhonda Holman, who I'll link to her show in the show notes of the podcast as well. We, we talked a little bit about that transition, making the transition from breathing through your nose to, to breathing through your mouth through exercise. It's difficult at first. It takes a little bit, but you can do it and just be kind to yourself and slowly transition into nasal breathing. Nasal breathing is going to allow your body to absorb more oxygen, offload more CO2, introduce more nitric oxide into the blood, which is particularly important when you're exercising. It's the way to breathe when you exercise through the nose. As far as rhythm goes, that changes vastly person by person. We won't dive into that because it's so individual, but nasal breathing for sure. Jake, do you have anything you want to add before we address Tinks's question in the comments? Sure. And shout out to Tinks. It's good to see you again in the chat. So uh, what I would recommend is going about it a little bit differently. I wouldn't go into your exercise and just start this new, like if, if you haven't been nasal breathing, I wouldn't recommend going into your exercise and just say, oh, I'm going to nasal breathe today. I would recommend practicing a breathwork exercise before you go and work out. And this way you can build up a little momentum going into it. So set aside, you know, five minutes to just sit still and work on your breath. And I would recommend a box breathing exercise. Just put your mind and body in a state of coherence. And that's a simple exercise. You breathe in for the rhythm of four. You suspend your breath at the top for a rhythm of four. You exhale for the rhythm of four. And you suspend your breath at the bottom for a rhythm of four. And you repeat this process about 30 times, which will be about five minutes. And you can actually practice that before you go and start weightlifting. And then once you repeat that for a few weeks, let's say 21 times, like the old Chinese proverbs say, then you'll start to notice a real change in the gym when you're actually doing the heavy lifting. And I think, Jake, your answer can also apply a little bit to Tinks' question. So Tinks says, I meditate daily, but breath work is a challenge for me. Tinks, I think the exercise protocol that Jake just gave or the breathwork protocol for exercise can apply for, for you um, as starting breathwork. Box breathing is an excellent place to start. You can start with five minutes and I'll include in the podcast show notes a, a link to our box breathing exercise so you can try that yourself. But meditation and breathwork, especially at the beginning, are very, very close. And, and you can even argue that they are the same. Just bringing awareness to the breath, following the breath. Tinks, I think that having a guided practice will be really helpful for you because I know when I was first starting breath work, it was very difficult for me to just go unguided. Even if I had a pattern or a rhythm I knew I wanted to hit, it was really difficult for me to just just like follow it in my head and uh, and kind of go along with it. So having having a guided session where there's kind of sounds guiding you how to breathe, I think you would really enjoy that. And, uh, and we have some of those exercises uh, for you for free, and I'll link them in the show notes of the podcast. Again, it's called Breathe and Think Better. It's on all the major podcasting platforms, so you can find that there when I upload this episode later today. They'll be right in there for you. I'm going to go ahead and add one more thing to that. 
uh, tinks, and you're actually doing this naturally. So step one with breath work is breath awareness. So you don't actually change your breath in step one. So if you're meditating, you're already doing this naturally. You're just becoming aware of your breath. So you're noticing your breath on the tip of your nose. You're breathing in and noticing the breath in the area in your skull and your area. You're breathing deep into your pelvis area. And then you're breathing in the middle region into your belly area. And then you're noticing the breath in the higher regions up in your chest area. That's step one with breath work. So you're already at step one. And then step two, once you get really good at breath awareness, is breath control. And then you can breathe in certain rhythms to cultivate certain feelings, certain state of minds. For example, a natural, a natural tendency that we all have is called the sigh relief. And we talk about this, I believe, in episode 28, when we talk all about Dan Brule and his breathwork mastery where we have this natural mechanism built into us called the sigh. And what we do is we take an inhale that's twice as big as our normal inhale, and then we let out a sigh. And our body naturally does this every, uh, 12 times every hour. But in breath work, you can take this natural mechanism that our body has, and you can turn this into a, a breath work protocol, meaning you can sit down right now and you can do 12 sighs of relief in a row where you're just taking a twice as big inhale as you normally would and then letting out a sigh. And you can do that 12 times in a row. And that's a breathwork protocol. That's going from step one, breath awareness, to step two, breath control. And the cool thing about breath work too, and I mean, I, this goes for meditation as well. Once you get into the routine of doing it and it becomes a habit and it's something that's incorporated into your daily life, the rabbit hole goes so deep. So it's, it's constantly, there's constantly new protocols, new techniques. There's, there's all kinds of new information and, and, and new wisdoms and, and teachings from all these different people. And it's, it's so fun to just have something like that in your life that you can go as deep as you want to and never reach the bottom. There is no bottom. This, these teachings of both breathwork and meditation are thousands and thousands of years old. So the deeper you go, the more, the more you unlock. And it's just it's really refreshing to have something like that in your life. So uh, Tinks, thanks for that question and, and thanks for being in the show today. Let's segue back to meditation now through for our questions from the audience. So this question we get all the time. We've addressed it before on the show, but I think it bears repeating. I try and sit down to meditate, but my mind won't stop moving. What should I do? Again, you're not alone, I think, is the most important thing you need to understand. This isn't a, a problem that you, just you are facing. This is something that every person who tries to meditate has to deal with. It's the nature of our minds. We talked about, I think it was in episode 27, about a wandering mind. A wandering mind is our natural tendency, and it's also an unhappy mind. So why we meditate is to, is to mitigate that. So when we meditate, we don't block out our thoughts, right? We're not trying to keep them at bay. We're not trying to silence them. Instead, what we practice doing is kind of taking a step back and noticing our thoughts as they come and go. And that 
builds up our sensory clarity. So we're clear on when our mind is lost in thought and when it's not. And that's the sensory clarity. And then it builds up our equanimity. Equanimity is that mental smoothness, mental calmness. So when the mind is running, let it run, notice it clearly, and be okay with it. And there's a few tricks you can use to help with this. I love the kind curiosity idea. And that's where you just wrap your whole experience in kind curiosity. And this can really help you fight the frustrations because it is frustrating when you want to, you really want to meditate, but your mind is just moving really quickly. So when you bring that intention of kind curiosity to your practice, so you sit down, you say, okay, I'm going to be the kind and curious observer of my mind. And that's it. And then do your guided or unguided meditation, whatever it is. Coloring your whole practice with kind curiosity can really help you deal with overthinking and all of those thoughts. Yeah. And just a reminder for everyone, when your mind is racing, you can note that. You can note that you're having a racing mind. So you can use the see, hear, feel technique from unified mindfulness, which is basically it's a technique created by a Zen Buddhist monk named Shinzen Young. So he helps you break down your sensory experience in eight different categories. And so the first one is what you see. And so you see the physical world, but then you also have images and pictures that kind of flash in front of your eyes. And so those are two different sensory experiences. And when you notice that, you can just note it and you can say, see. And then when you're listening, when you're hearing, right, you have the sounds in the room, but then you also have the mental chatter in your head. And, you know, the mental chatter in our head is usually the loudest one. That's what kind of prevents us from meditating, or at least we think it prevents us from meditating. So when you notice that mental chatter, or when you notice the sounds in the room, you can just note that as C. And then you have the feelings and emotions in your body. You have the physical emotions, which is the pressure of you sitting in your chair, the air on your skin, but then you actually have emotions running through your body, which could be joy, sadness, whatever they are. And you can note that with feel. And then you have what you smell and what you taste. So those are the eight different senses that you can kind of break down. But a practice that you can do is you'll notice that you go from seeing to hearing to feeling constantly. And you can just gently note when you notice that you're seeing. You gently note and you just say, see. And then you know when it changes, and it changes rapidly. In the beginning, it changes very rapidly. It's m very much a practice. So you can know whenever you see something, you just say, see. Whenever you hear something, you say, hear. And whenever you feel something, you say, feel. And it'll, it'll sit down, and the practice can be you sit down, and you just practice this little mindfulness noting technique. And again, this takes a few weeks to get good at. But that is essentially the practice to help you meditate, even when you have a racing mind. Tinks, thanks for tapping the screen and giving us likes. We appreciate that so much. But I hope that helps answer that question. Yep. So that's a, that's a great practice there. The noting technique for anyone who experiences overthinking when they try to meditate. 
And just to give you guys an illustration of how common this is, a lot of the old Eastern traditions have a phrase for this, and it's called the monkey mind. And that's that's because even, even Zen Buddhist monks, way before the introduction of technology into our societies, struggled with this. And there's there's some really funny manuscripts that you read of, you know, ancient Buddhist monks and they'll they talk about how, you know, all they can think of is is lunch when they're when they're meditating or, or their next meal and and so it's it's just it shows you that I think technology has made it more difficult for us as far as, you know, captivating our attention and fragmenting our, our concentration. But this is this is an innate human psychological response to life. We there's so much stimulus that's going on at all times. Even right now, you know, as I as I talk about meditation and breath work, I'm looking at my TikTok screen. I've got comments flying in. I've got people joining. I've got ads going at the top. I've got my face. I've got Jake's face. I've got my lights. I've got there's a whole lot going on right here, and I'm constantly having to refocus my attention on the conversation. And that's just that's just a small microcosm of this thing that we all deal with all the time, all day. So so again, just be gentle with yourself, especially when you're starting out in meditation. I just encourage you not to give up after a few sessions because your mind is wandering because all of our minds are wandering. And that's why we need meditation more than ever. So, so yes, advice for anyone with a wandering mind. Butterfly, Mr. Solo Man, thank you guys for the comments. Thank you guys for being in the show today. We have a few minutes left if anyone has any last-minute questions they want to toss in the chat. At the end of the show, as always, we will do a, a short guided meditation or breathwork practice. So if anyone in the room wants to practice with us, stick around for the next few minutes and we will, we will end with a, uh, with a practice. But uh, Jake, do you have any 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 final comments here on any of the things we've been talking about before we practice? Yeah, another little trick that we can talk about here, which we talked about on yesterday's episode as well, which is Breathe and Think Better, episode 30, is when you have a racing mind, let's say you're trying to listen to a friend. Like, let's say I'm here trying to listen to Danny and my mind's racing, which is common. You activate your visual field. And when you activate the external visual field, it actually helps you become more rooted in the present moment. And now this isn't something that I made up. This is actually a teaching that I got from Joseph Goldstein inside of the Sam Harris Waking Up app. And this dates all the way back to the Buddha. And so you can actually apply this right now while you listen to my voice. If you have a racing mind, there's probably something questioning you like, oh, you know, why didn't I know this? Why, blah, blah, blah. Whatever's going on in your mind. If you activate your visual field, it makes it easier to listen and pay attention. And I don't know exactly why this mechanism works. I would love to get someone's input on why I'd love to just go back and ask the Buddha why. But it's something that really works. And I just learned this trick a couple weeks ago. And I've been applying it to my life. And it's actually made me a better listener, which I think... In this world, like Danny was talking about, with our attention fragmented because we're getting pulled in so many directions, there's studies that say we see like 10,000 ads every day, something crazy like that. It's a superpower to learn how to listen. It's a superpower to learn how to concentrate. And that's what the practice of meditation does. 
Excellent. So again, thanks for everyone who who hung out with us today and learned a little bit about breathwork or meditation. If you want to ask us a future question on the show, the best thing to do is to head over to one of our pages, either Breathe Blue Door or the One Minute Meditation, and leave us a comment on one of our videos. That's where we pull a lot of these questions from. So if you uh, if you want to uh, to do that, go ahead and uh, and uh, head over to our pages. But it is time for us to practice together as we end every show with a guided practice together. So uh, Jake's going to lead us today in a, a practice of his choice. So if you're, uh, if you're ready, let's do it. All right, we're going to go ahead and spend these last couple minutes here just doing a little see, hear, feel, mindfulness meditation. So if it's available to you, go ahead and sit upright, but sit relaxed and bring your attention to the breath. And if it's safe to do so, go ahead and close your eyes. But even with your eyes closed, make your gaze very wide. Notice the luminosity in your visual field, even with your eyes closed. And I'd like you to bring attention to your visual field and let everything you hear and feel kind of fall in the background and just note your visual field. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get distracted by my voice. You're going to get distracted by any feelings in the body. But what you do is every time you come back to your visual field, you just gently say, see. Notice that you see the darkness behind your eyelids, but... Images and pictures also flash in front of your visual field. When this happens, just say, see. Now I'd like you to let whatever you see fall in the background and just focus on what you hear. This includes the mental chatter in your head or the sounds in the room. And when you notice it, just say here. Letting everything you see and feel fall in the background. And every time you notice what you hear, just gently note with here. Now for the last part, let everything you see and hear fall in the background and just pay attention to what you feel, whether it's the pressure of the chair or the temperature of air on your skin, any vibration, or it could be any emotions running through your body. When you notice this, just gently note and say feel. Letting everything you see and hear fall in the background.
And when you're ready, you can gently wiggle your fingers and toes and open up your eyes. And show yourself a sense of gratitude for showing up and practicing with us today. We really appreciate it. You guys are the best. Thanks for hanging out with us on Breathe and Think Better Live today. If you want to register for tomorrow's sessions or any future sessions, just click on Breathe Blue Doors page and you can register for the live sessions there and get notified when we're live every weekday at noon Pacific time. And one one last thing or one last reminder, if you want to listen to this episode or any of our other episodes, head to your favorite podcasting platform and search for Breathe and Think Better. You can listen to all of them. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Breathe and Think Better podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for additional resources, including links to Dr. Huberman's podcast on the science of meditation and free guided breathwork exercises hosted by us, Jake and Danny of Breathe and Think Better. You can also visit breatheandthinkbetter.com for more information on breathwork and meditation. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. We would really appreciate it. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you tomorrow.